Hey guys, welcome to the Pace Racing Podcast Experience, the Canadian Triathlon Podcast made in mind for the age group triathletes. Now, today's guest is Norwegian triathlete Christian Blumenfeld. Now, Christian is such an incredible athlete and he's driven by an absolute desire to win at the expense of all else. Now, he currently holds the world's fastest ever recorded 70.3 time at 3 hours, 29 minutes and 4 seconds. He also won a bronze medal at the 2015 European Championships and he placed 13th overall at the Rio Olympic Games. Now, it's actually his more recent success that truly shows his true class. He's had multiple podiums across the 2018 season and was consistently in the top three in the Super League triathlon. And honestly, Christian is truly one of the world's best. So I'm excited to get to talk to Christian today because it's truly amazing to hear his perspectives on racing and just see how an athlete at that caliber thinks and envisions his race tactics. So if you're one of those athletes that are goal-driven and just know that you're capable of doing anything you set your mind to, then I think you'll really resonate with Christian. So let's dive into today's episode and let's hear all about his experiences racing in Super League, the Olympics, and being one of the big names in triathlon that represent Norway. And also guys, be sure to have a pen and paper to jot down race tips and all these motivational messages because there's definitely a rare opportunity here to get to listen to this guy and listen to him speak about his racing and his training. So without further ado, guys, let's cue the music. So today's episode is brought to you by our two sponsors from Beyond Humbled and excited to represent. The first one is Scody. Now I'm excited to work with Scody and represent them because I've always been back and forth between triathlon suits and triathlon apparel. And there's just honestly so many different styles and quality out there. And price ranges, of course, are a huge factor for me. Now Scody's always been an eye catcher and you may have heard some of your favorite triathletes and cyclists like Triathlon Terran and Melissa Hosschild. They're huge Scody supporters. Now, let me break it down, sort of what separates Scody from all the other triathlon apparel that I've tried in the past. Now, first off, the range of apparel they have is absolutely amazing. Like they have, they have cycling jerseys, bibs for men and women. They have running shirts, jackets, singlets, and shorts for triathletes. They also have some of the best designed triathlon suits and shorts that I've ever seen. Now, they have designers at hand that can offer custom design apparel, which was another huge factor for me. Now, because I had my pacing racing triathlon kit customized and designed by them, and honestly, I can tell you, I was absolutely blown away with it. Now, if you haven't been able to take a look at it yet, you can see that on my Instagram page. And again, that's at pacing.and.racing. Now, lastly, quality and price, of course, are huge and important to me. And the fact that I've been able to find an apparel and triathlon suit brand that offer both the professional quality and still offer it at a price range that the average age grouper can afford is sort of what sealed the deal for me. Now, all their apparel is pro grade and wearing it, you won't find your chafing on long races. And it won't suffer the wear and tear like many of the cheaper products do that are out on the market today. Now, for all of you diehards out there, they also have customized ITU compliant suits. So if you want to check all this out, you can check them out on Instagram by searching at Scody AUS. And that's spelled S-C-O-D-Y-A-U-S. Or you can go to www.scody.com. And if you're on Facebook, you can search Scody Australia. Now, the second sponsor is a brand that has been dating back to 1993 and has held the test of time, and that's Blue 70. Now, Blue 70 is a triathlon and swimwear company that are probably most well-known for their professional quality wetsuits, but they also have a massive inventory of swimwear like swim skins, jammers, gear bags, goggles, and pool accessories. Now, what exactly are pool accessories? They're basically anything to help you train the pool, like hand paddles, pole boys, kickboards, and even the core shorts for buoyancy. So, and also for the crazy swimmers out there who also go in the open water as early as March in places like Canada, they have the thermal swimmer options, which will help you in the colder temperatures. Now, 
Blue 70 is known to have some of the best wetsuits, swim skins, jammers, and pool accessories. So if there's something you want to try out, then definitely look into them. Be sure to check out their website. Now, I personally wear the Helix Men's wetsuit, and it's my favorite wetsuit I've ever worn because honestly, it fits so snug, and there's absolutely no restriction. And the nicest feature I find is that the zipper does up from the neck and sits down at your lower back when it zips. So you won't find any chafing from the zipper on your neck, which was always a big thing I noticed in prior wetsuits that coming out of the water, my neck would just be so red and so sore from the chafing of the zipper. Now, it's a super cool wetsuit. In fact, I'm getting to wear the same wetsuit as some of my favorite idols like Braden Curry and Lionel Sanders. It just makes it that much better. So, I mean, for all of you who are curious to see more Blue 70, then definitely check out my YouTube channel, Pacing and Racing. I just posted a video on Blue 70 gear review. So in there, I'll go in depth talking about the wetsuit, their pool accessories, and how to decide if you want a swim skin or what type of wetsuit you might require for your skill set and your budget. So if you're searching for basically anything for your swim training and swimwear, which everyone's always looking for ways to improve their swim, then definitely go ahead and check out Blue 70 on Instagram, which is at Blue 70 or go to www.blue70.com. If you're on Facebook, you can search Blue 70. So Christian, welcome to the Pace Racing Podcast, man. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, no, no worries, man. And again, thanks so much for coming on the show. Obviously, you're a busy guy, so it means a lot that you took the time today to come and talk. And now we've been communicating back and forth the last little while now, um, trying to line up a, a date and time for the podcast. And we started talking about time zones. And then that's when I realized you're actually in Spain right now, not Norway. So, I mean, uh, so what's going on in Spain? What, what brings you there? Well, at the moment, we are in uh, Sierra Nevada for an LP camp. We used to go here like twice a year. So now we are into the third week. We have like a week and a half left before we're going down to sea level and then doing the final preparation for Bermuda. Awesome, man. That's crazy. And uh, now uh, let's let's talk a bit about your background before we get into everything. So where were you born and raised and sort of how did you end up getting involved in the sport of triathlon? Well, um, I'm from Bergen in Norway. And um, when I was younger, I used to do like all kinds of different sports, play football and was like running a little bit for myself and uh, most mainly doing swimming, like as a, uh, on the side as, as a football player. And then uh, at one part of my career, my coach, my swim coach, advised me to see if I, uh, maybe I should try something else. Since he thought that I had a bigger potential outside of the, outside of the pool instead of inside the pool. So uh, he thought that maybe uh, giving trials on a try would be a good idea. Since um, like in general, I had a really good capacity, but I wasn't really getting the the results in the pool. Awesome, man. Now, uh, so what's the sort of triathlon uh, scene look like in Norway? Is there a lot of big races there and a lot of training coaches? Or did you find yourself traveling to other countries for the majority of your, your racing and the training? Well, since we started off, or since I uh, started back doing triathlon in like 2008, we early got like a, a young group with um, guys who was really motivated for uh, try, aiming to get into the Olympics. So since like 2010 we have had a, a good group that i've been training with and it's basically the same group i'm training with today so uh, it, it's a good group in bergen now we are like uh, eight guys and a few girls training together and uh, usually also traveling together for different altitude camps or you know escaping the winter in Norway and going to spain during the winter so 
it, it's a good good group and also like a high quality on the coaches. Awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, obviously you're you're now heavily involved in competing in the Super League Triathlon Series, but but you also have experience in ITU and racing in the Olympics and of course the Ironman 70.3 distance. So now, have you ever competed in a full Ironman race? Uh, no, not yet. I not think yet. Uh, it's very hard to combine with the Olympic distance uh, racing like the ITU. I think when you first go over for full Ironman, you kind of have to commit for it. It's, uh, it's much easier to just do a little bit extra volume and then uh, turn out for a centimetry. It's not that much longer than an ITU race, but like an Ironman is like four times the race. Yeah, duration. that's right. Awesome. So do you ever see in the future, uh, maybe once you kind of uh, settle things down in the Olympics and the, the, the 70.3 in the tr- Super League, will you ever see yourself doing one? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, uh, since I started with triathlon, my goal has been, uh, and my dream has been to win an Olympic gold medal and also win in Kona. So both is like standing really, really high. So uh, when I'm done with the Olympics, I will for sure go over for the full distance. Awesome. No, that's really cool. And yeah, no, you're right. It's uh, both to, to win the Kona and win the Olympics would be amazing. But obviously, you've seen your background in racing. I think you're capable of doing it. So I think that's awesome. Now, which which length of uh, racing is your favorite? Uh, the Olympic distance. <laughs> Unfortunately, it seems like it's getting less and less of Olympic distance races in the calendar. I think yeah. this year it's like 50-50 of races in the Olympic. So... Uh, Hopefully, it will not be like yeah. I, I reckon the Olympic distance is the it's the, the proper distance, especially over that year. For but sure, it's yeah. Also like it's also kind of fun to mix it up with like Super League and like Super Short. But then again, it's it's not since the play days of racing. But like in the ITU, I reckon it should all be Olympic distance. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm surprised too. I'm surprised to see that uh, the Olympic distance is sort of uh, dropped dropped off a bit. I guess with more of the long distance, or like you said, the the super quick super league style. It uh, it's true. Olympic is probably a, a really great length. Like it's a perfect. It's it combines strength with the, with the endurance. I think it's a great great distance. Yeah, it's like a really. It's maybe as it is. It's maybe like the most extreme endurance sport you have on the Olympic program. But then if you suddenly only like now of racing it's suddenly yeah it's not, it's not that extreme anymore and sure. uh yeah hope, hopefully there'll be like an olympic distance and it will not just turn into many print distance races in the future no absolutely yeah and i mean uh let's talk about your experience with competing in the olympics for triathlon uh, like what was it like going through your mind when you were there representing uh norway as your, as your country like i'm sure it's probably an incredible experience uh yeah it was it was fun, but like in Norway, it's not like in the U.S. where just to be an Olympian is it's huge. You know, you kind of you have to take a medal or win it, or you, or it's nothing kind of. Oh right, yeah. So, yep. so to, kind of, to finish 13 was uh, like super disappointing uh, back in Rio, and uh, actually after the race, I just wanted wanted to to forget everything and kind of just prepare for Tokyo. So uh, it is not like you can. Uh, to be an Olympian is nothing in Norway. You kind of you have to you have to go all in for it, and that's kind of what I am feeling with Rio. It didn't really go as I as I wanted to. For sure, and and that was my next question. Um, obviously, now you so you have plans to compete in uh, in twenty twenty in Tokyo. Do you, uh, so? How do you how do you qualify for the Olympics in triathlon? Sort of, what's the process like? 
Well, it's uh, a two years uh, qualification. So it started off uh, last year in May, and then it's I think it's uh, 14 races you can count as a ranking, like you get a high enough ranking uh, until May 2020. And then it's, it's kind of, you had to travel all around the world and collect points. But uh, so far, it seems, seems okay. You, you only need like a few podiums in the World Series and, and you will be fine. But uh, now the maybe the hardest thing now is to qualify three males because then also we as a nation have to be uh, very high up in the rankings because there's not too many nations can have the maximum spots. Awesome, eh? No, that's, uh, that's crazy. And now, aside from focusing on the Olympics, you're obviously very heavily involved in, in the Super League. So uh, what made you shift over to the Super League uh, triathlon format? Like, uh, w- what brought you over there? Well, first of all, it just seems like an awesome uh, event. I've been uh, watching the Island House for a few years before Super League came along. And it has always been like an event I really wanted to do. And then when when I got the opportunity to race Hamilton Island for the first time, it was just, yeah, for sure. I really wanted to go there and give it a try. And it's just a fun way of racing. Again, uh, same with like 73, it's like doing something different and not just like standard spin bike run. And uh, yeah, just extremely intense kind of racing. Yeah, I know it is. And, and you obviously, you had a really great 2018 season. And now getting into 2019, you're you're currently 13th in ranking, but obviously still a long way from over. So, how have you felt so far the season overall? Of the Super League season? Yeah. Well, I haven't, uh, because of the Olympics, I've tried to, I had to kind of choose to prioritize training this winter instead of taking part of all of the Super League. So I've actually only done Jersey of the whole season where I finished third. And then I didn't, didn't start in Mallorca or Malta or Singapore. So my overall ranking in Super League wasn't really good at the end. But uh, uh, I guess after the Olympics, I will give like the Super League uh, a full season, like a try and see if I can do it, do it well overall. Because it's, uh, it has been really hard to, to be back home and just been watching it. But I think for the Olympics, it's important to prioritize the training this year. For sure, yeah, and, and I can imagine that's that's pretty hard trying to keep up with a like a, the Super League season and still trying to prepare and and uh, hit all the qualifiers for the Olympics and stuff. So yeah, you're right. It's uh it's good for you to prioritize and and sort of uh, focus on your biggest priority, which is the Olympics at that point. So I think that's good. Also for like the winter training, I think uh, it's hard to do like very short. Typically, you want to go a little bit longer, work more endurance during the winter, and then maybe work with the speed in the, in the main season. So uh, uh, that's why we were able to fit in like a 73 race in the same period because it's like longer, more endurance, more winter specific training. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, cool. And now out of all the different race formats in the Super League, like between the Enduro and the Triple Mix and, and all those, which would be your most favorite or your strongest to race? Enduro. A tri- triple mix, if it's uh, if you can kind of keep the, if it's not like a mass start every time, as long as you can kind of just keep going. And like in uh, in Jersey last year, when when we had like a mass start at every round, it made it really hard. Awesome, man. And and now, is there a least favorite one out of all those? Like, is there one that you're that that you least look forward to? Uh, not really. I think 
uh, at the end of the day, you still have to go through, like, swim back and run. But uh, <laughs> I guess I was, uh, I thought I had, like, a swim TT or in Mallorca, I think, or Malta. Awesome, eh? Yeah, no, it's true. This, the swim time trial, I think, would get a lot of people. So you'd have to, you'd have yeah. to really love swimming to, to love that one. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, which uh, Super League course is sort of your favorite in terms of, like, the, the course, the race layout and, like, the crowd and the atmosphere and all that? Do you have a certain race in the Super League that you like? Well, I've only done Jersey and Hamilton so far. Uh, and I've done Jersey twice, which was brilliant. Uh, like a lot of people cheering on and turning up for the event. But also it was something very unique being in Hamilton, such a beautiful place, like tiny island, only trapped on, on the island for that whole weekend. And uh, so, so that seems like all the events is really nice. Uh, destinations so uh, i think like all of them is brilliant awesome no perfect and so uh talking about training for the super league does it change a lot from when you're training for the olympics or the itu style of racing uh we haven't changed too much but i think you you definitely need to have more you need to be able to stay in very high intensity for like 20 minutes so uh it's not that like you can settle down and kind of uh, getting your rhythm, you have to be there when the gun goes off. So um, a little bit more speed training, and then uh, obviously trying to press for the transitions. It's like a few seconds there. It's like three or four stops, and it's really hard to pass people in the tiny course. It's so so kind of hard to get around people, especially on the bike. For sure, eh? No, it's true, and and it's funny because then you compare it to sort of like the Ironman series, actually, and 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 looking at the s- 70.3 in 2018 obviously you had a great race at the middle east championships in bahrain now not only did you come first and not only did you break the course record but you actually broke the the, the world record for the the 70.3 distance so and that, like that's absolutely insane so did you think you were going into that race that you're going to be setting new world records yeah for sure that was the whole plan like uh, i raced there the year before and um i remember when I was running out on the last lap, I, I saw that uh, on the on the watch that if I was able to produce like the same split as I did on the first lap, it would be like around 3:35 or 3:36 overall time. But then I collapsed the last 5k, so so I knew that if I was uh, doing nutrition better and uh, maybe uh, pacing myself better, I would for sure would for sure be able to uh, go faster. Uh, than the world record, especially when they changed the course and made it uh, flat on the run course. So, um, yeah, for sure, we knew that we would be under the world record. With, uh, I, I was a bit shocked when I got into the final 100 meters and I saw that it was like five minutes under. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a shock. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's such a crazy time. So, no, it was uh, crazy to see. And now, is, is that the most memorable race of your life so far, or is there another race that, that topped that? Uh, I would say the most memorable race would be maybe around the year before, uh, because it was my first race over the long distance. And also, I was so close to lose the win. I was like, I had like a minute lead out on the last 5K. And I barely made it to the finish line. I've never been that tired in my entire life. So uh, I was, it took me like, I think it was like an hour after the race. And I still felt like 
unsafe in, in terms of how tired I was and kind of how hydrated I was. So, um, yeah. Awesome. And yeah, and obviously, uh, like winning that world record, did it make you want to shift more towards the 70.3 distance racing or, uh, you're obviously con- content now where you are. Um, but sort of once you finish with the Olympics, do you see yourself doing the 70.3 distance full time or is it just kind of, well, I, th- I think if you should either race like for Olympics or for Kona, so, uh, as a professional, you shouldn't just be like, Running around and doing some retreats and and trying like winning small events around the world, uh, especially over the seventy three. It's like so many races that uh, there's never like a real competition. Maybe have like the world championship once a year. It seems like everyone is kind of just going and finding need to win and then happy with that. So uh, I w- I will for sure if I go long I will for sure go for Kona, not just uh, like. Races. Awesome, man. No, yeah, hey, that makes sense. You're right. Like, go for the go for the big title. Kona's kind of like the Olympics of the Ironman, so I think that's a. You're right. That that's a good way of looking at it. Go for the the hardest course. So that's cool. And now, do you do you ever see triathlon shifting towards the Super League format? Now, um, are we getting away from the Ironman and the ITU formats, or um, are we still always going to see those longer distance, and we're still going to see Super League just in a just two complete different styles of racing. Well, I think the sport is big enough to have like three different arenas. Like you can have the Super League and the ITU and the Ironman. We are like, uh, hopefully the sport will grow enough so we can have like three different arenas to, to race on. Yep. No, that's perfect. And now let's talk a bit a little about your uh, training. So what's a typical training week look like for you in sort of like your peak training season? Um, are you doing a lot of long distance at lower intensities or is it all high intensity based training or strength training? Uh, it depends what you kind of define as, uh, high intensity. Usually we do a lot of special trainings and aiming for having like as long duration as you can have on the threshold and, and then being right on the threshold and not too much above or yeah. And uh, also high volume in all three disciplines. At the yeah. lower intensity, uh, throughout the year it's very even. It's like thirty-three percent or under on uh, like swim, bike, and run. But then uh, over the winter, I think the swimming volume is a little bit higher, and the bike volume is probably a little bit, a little bit lower. And then it's offset during the summer, while the running is very even throughout the year. Awesome! No, that's really cool. It's good to see that. And I know you're an athlete in particular that you put a lot of. Uh, a lot of time in like a lot of volume, I guess, in your, in your training for the most part, um, which pays off because you can see you're excelling in basically every distance you, you race in. So that's, that's really cool. Now, I guess it's, this is a pretty vague question, but, um, because you race in so many different formats of triathlon, but generally speaking, sort of what's your nutrition strategy when you, when you race, is there, uh, do you focus on a set number of carbs per hour or is there do you just base your nutrition on the course based off feel or what's your strategy well i think you can never go by feel with nutrition no it doesn't work so uh, you have to do calculate numbers so it's uh like an olympic distance to try to have around 85 uh, grams of uh, carbs on the bike if it's like a 40k bike and then uh, usually nothing on the run and a little bit Maybe I gel before the swim starts, but then on the longer distance, I do 
Yeah, about the same, like 85 grams per hour on the bike. And then uh, trying to aim for like 80 grams of carbs on the run. So for example, in Bahrain, I did. Uh, I think I had two gels on the bike, plus three bottles of sport drink, and then three gels on the run. So that's something I was missing out on the year. On the first year in Bahrain, I only went with four drinks on the bike and no gels at all uh, in the race, and uh, I really blew up. Wow, no no gels on the run. That's <laughs> that would have been uh, it would have been hard at the end, eh? Yeah, no, I felt, I felt okay until the thing came out, until came out, and then I, like kind of starting to feel feel like that I was running out of gas. But then I, I thought I was only like thirty minutes left, and I have always been able to push push for another thirty minutes. But then the last thirty minutes become like a thirty-five or forty minutes. So uh, I think you you can never go by feeling when it comes to calories in in a race right no that's good advice no that's that's good to hear now speaking of races um between anything like super league or or ironman or itu is there a uh, a couple races on your mind that are your bucket list races that you'd like to do one day obviously like aside from kona um is there any other races that interest you well there's always some some races i want to do like get alcatraz and we have you know we have Norseman, which is uh, uh, I think a race you just have to do as a triathlete. But uh, at the moment, it's uh, all focused towards the race and the course in uh, in Tokyo. So we had the test event this year where we can yeah race the course and see how it is, and and that's um, that's a race I'm really looking forward to. Awesome, and no, it's really cool. Yeah, I always like to hear what what uh, races that some of the the pro triathletes out there look forward to because it makes it great for people listening if they're looking for another race themselves that they want to try out i think it's you guys you guys know so many about the courses so it's good to good to hear that now i think, I think we have i think we have many of the same races as as the age groupers uh it's like the ones that you can see on youtube and find there so um yeah there's many there's like i guess i could have raced like every weekend if, if it was possible but it's hard to fit in enough time to race and do those races. But I, I like to put in at least one of them a year. For example, last year I raced Beijing International at the end of the year um, because I just wanted to go to China and, and, and see Beijing again. So uh, I like to also yeah, find new destinations and explore a little bit. For sure. I think that's amazing to get to travel so much with this sport. I think uh, that's always something that's a, a nice benefit to, to traveling all over the world to, to see these races. Now, what was it like in China? Like, how was the, the atmosphere around the race? Well, it was a really cool course. And, uh, like, I didn't expect it to be that nice. Um, yeah, I was definitely happy that I made a trip over for the race. And also, I think last year it was maybe all-time high uh, level uh, in the in the race, usually it's like um, maybe two or three good guys showing up on the race line. But then last year you had both the both the Brownleys and Henry Schumann and Ben Canute racing, so the level was also very high, and, and it was like fun racing. Awesome, and that's no, that's really cool. Now, now looking looking ahead in triathlon, I guess over the next several years, um, do you see it being like being bigger and growing more than it is today? I think, uh, well, it's hard to guess, but uh, hopefully it will it will have a nice nice progress progression. But uh, also, it seems like if you look at some of the events, it seems like it was as good or maybe even better 
spectators or numbers of people turning out in the race like five years ago than it is today. For example, if you search on uh, Hamburg, World Series there 10 years ago than it was last year. Yeah, you. Uh, I guess that, that's kind of why I like to ask that question because people signing up for races, I guess, has kind of went down over the, the last couple of years. But at the same time, you see new things coming out like the Super League triathlon and, and you see Ironman races now being televised. So I'm kind of torn on which way it's going to go because I, I like to think it's going to kind of pick up over the years. And that'll now with the Super League and now with Ironman being televised, I think it'll bring more fans in and make it more accessible for spectators to watch all the pros because... I guess before the Super League and before Iron Man being televised, you you weren't really able to kind of follow a lot of the pros until just seeing the results posted online after. Yeah, it, it seems like the community is bigger, but uh, well, it, it's hard to it's hard to say or no because I, I don't really know how it was ten years ago. It's definitely yeah. bigger in it's definitely bigger in Norway now than it was ten years ago. But uh, again, the interest for the events in Norway seems to be. The numbers seem to drop a little bit. Like uh, we sell out in like one hour, it yeah. now takes like two months to sell out. So either the the athlete seems to have more option optional to race, like different events, and that's why they may be waiting a little bit more before they are entering in in race, or or they may be looking at maybe they have done the race and they just kind of been there, done that, and looking for something new. Yeah, no, that's right. You brought up a lot of good points there. No, awesome. So um, now let's uh, let's talk about some training tips for age group triathletes. Now, for those who want to try a Super League race for the age groupers, uh, how should they focus their training? Um, any tips on someone who just either has done the ITU or just have done the, uh, say, like a sprint or Olympic distance? How should they focus their training on the Super League? Well, you definitely need to train on the transition between each discipline. Uh, and for example, something I was really shocked with when I jumped into the swim uh, after being running and cycling for the first time in Hamilton, the first time I did Super League, was that the arms wasn't really ready for swimming again, because I've never been swimming after running or cycling, because all the blood is stuck in the legs instead of in the arms. So uh, I think if you want to do a Super League race, you should try to simulate a race in training before you're turning up to an event. So maybe do like three very short rounds of a triathlon together with some friends and then uh, yeah, have like a try to build it up. So maybe the first one is just the control, second round is a little bit faster and the third one is all out. But it's, it's still important to face yourself even though it's super short. It's, it's a long day because you have to go, go through it like twice or three times. For sure, eh? So it's it, yeah, and and that's the thing. I guess you're going you're going hard, but you're you're obviously not going as hard as you can because you still have to, like you said, if you do the swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run, then you sort of have to have gas still on the on the last part of the race. So yeah. oh, that's true. And so, what do you use as far as uh, to help you pace? Now, do you use power meters, or do you go off like heart rate monitoring, or or uh, just perceived effort, or what do you use? Uh, in the Super League, it's uh, you know you're you just have to go all out. Kind of uh, you have so many people around you, and you have to position yourself in the field all the time. So you can't look at the watch and, and think that oh my heart rate is too high, I have to slow down, or the power is 
is too high. I have to slow down because then you will be eliminated of the race only. So you just have to be beyond the gas from the gun. But then uh, when it's a little bit longer, you can kind of, uh, I, I use power and heart rate and feeling. Awesome. No, it's true. And yeah, you're right on that. I guess you can't just look down at your watch and then you'll be, you'll be dropped in no time if you start to kind of hold back. So I guess that's true. And I think that's what makes the super league so exciting to watch is, you know, these guys are just giving everything they have. So it's, it's really cool. I like to see that. Now, uh, what would be some, some tips for, uh, age group triathletes if they want to sort of improve like their, their bike or run strength. Now, do you find a lot of sprinting helps or high, high interval workouts or like strength workouts sort of what's your, what's your tips on improving your, your bike and your run? I think, uh, doing, uh, uh, good long threshold sessions works. And so maybe if you find like a very long hill, you can do maybe 40 to 50 minutes of uh, high intensity or controlled intensity up and down the hill. So you're kind of aiming instead of, instead of maybe pushing the pace, to go all out, you try to push the duration to go a little bit longer at the higher intensity. Awesome. No, that's, that's cool. And I, I like that idea. It's, it's good because you either have, you tend to see people who are either really strong swimmers and they, and they don't do so well on the, on the run, or it's people who are strong cyclists, strong runners, and they just sort of lack from the, the swim because they just never swam, um, before triathlon. So that's interesting to kind of see. And I guess the same way, is there any, any tips for swimmers say if uh, they don't really come from a good swimming background? Um, is it just sort of being consistent in the pool and um, just spending a lot of time in the pool or what are your thoughts on that? Well, you should definitely try to get a swim coach who can help you with the technique as uh, swimming. It, the technique in swimming is much more important than on the bike and on the run. You can't just uh, build your engine in the pool and then expect swimming fast. So uh, for swimming, you should definitely find a squat. And then uh, also always try to kind of uh, ask your swim coach to have a look at you and kind of keep a conversation with your coach at the, each uh, swim training because then it's easier for a swim coach to see you and also give you feedback. Because uh, I think as a coach, if you have 10 or 15 guys in the pool, sometimes it's hard to, to give feedback to all of them. So if you're just kind of keeping or starting in conversation with your coach, maybe after the warm-up or uh, just before the swim, swim session starts, then it's easy to get him to give you feedback. Awesome, and no, that's a perfect advice. That's really good, and you're right. Swimming is just one of those things that you can uh, swim all day, but if, you, if you're doing it incorrectly, and you might not know, so it's, it's good, to, good advice that definitely have it looked at by a swim coach and just definitely analyze your swim technique to make sure you're doing it right. And then from there you can progress on the training. So that's, that's very good. And you can also get uh, a mate to uh, fail me for like a hundred meters because I think everyone who's swimming in the, in the pool, they have like uh, a picture of this out themselves, how they think they look. Then when they really look uh, a video of themselves, like, uh, like a new experience because it looks way different than you maybe think. To try to get someone to film you, and then it's easier for you to understand what you have to do. Awesome, and no, that's perfect. Now let's kind of wrap it up and let's talk about your your race schedule uh, for this season. So, what does your 2019 race schedule look like? Do you have all your races picked out yet? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like I've done, or uh, I did the swim in Dubai and then didn't finish. 
after cramping off. And then I had Abu Dhabi three weeks ago. And now I have the World Series. Uh, pretty much that until the sun. Then I will, the weekend after the sun, we have the 73 World Championship in this. And uh, that's it, I think, for the air. So I'm so- going to do basically the whole World Series at you. Oh, wow. The whole World Series. So how many races are in the World Series? Uh, I think it's eight. Eight. Okay. Wow. So that's a, that's a busy season lined up then. And also it's like the hardest thing with the World Series is all the traveling. Like it's spread all around the world. So to be able to deal with the time zones and, uh, and the jet lag and all that, that, that maybe, that's almost harder than the racing itself. Yeah, that's right. And actually, that, that brings up a good question. So for age groupers who are probably traveling to different time zones for their, their the first time for a race, sort of, do you have any tips just that you, you do to sort of reduce that jet lag when you get to a, a different country in a different time zone? Well, I think the more rested you are before the day, you'll be able to do, deal with the jet lag, deal with, a little bit with the caffeine, so maybe... If you know that you need to sleep on the plane with coffee, caffeine, but like the 20 hours before the plane, you you know you will have a good night of sleep. And then uh, use coffee when you have arrived to the destination and try to just take it all at once. Perfect. No, I like that a lot. And uh, let's uh, let's pretty much wrap it up. If, let's do a one-minute f- uh, question-answer fire round. If you're up for that, I'll try and ask you as many questions as I can in one minute, and uh, we'll see how many questions we get through. You up for that? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, perfect. So uh, I'll start the timer here, and uh, let's get started. So what's your uh, favorite race distance? Olympic distance. What's your go-to pre-race breakfast? It's uh, bread with ham. Nice. Now, uh... The most beautiful place you've traveled to? Hamilton Island. Awesome. Now, I mean, of course, other than yourself, who would who do you think is the biggest up-and-coming in the sport that uh, we should be watching out for in the Super League? Uh, Hayden Wild looks really good. Like, he has had an awesome progress the last 12 months. Awesome. Now, do you use the Zwift, or do you ever do any Zwift racing? I've never been on Zwift. No, so, uh, what's the most grueling or the toughest course you've ever raced? Hamilton Island. Perfect. And then, last question here: favorite local or hometown race to you in Norway? Uh, hopefully, we'll get a World Series in Bergen. So, uh, I, I will. Um, I, I think Bergen, when it gets a World Series, it will be Bergen. Awesome. That'd be uh, that'd be really cool. So. Perfect, man. That uh, That's a wrap, buddy. Obviously, I can keep going all day, but I'm sure you got a, a busy rest of the day planned, so I won't keep you here any longer. But uh, So who are your sponsors this year, and, and do you have any coaches or training partners that you want to give a shout-out to? Yeah, well, my sponsors is Specialized and Red Bull, Oakley, Grimtex, and you, and this. Uh, well, most of them have been with me for the last year and a half. And... Uh, yeah, I've been working with my coach for the last 10 years, Alex Tyson. So we have now, uh, it's, not, it's not just one coach. We have like a, a good group of coaches who's working well together and building the, a good program. Awesome, man. That's really cool. And, and now for those who um, don't follow you out there um, already, where's the best place they can find out more of your, your content and sort of follow you this year through your racing? Well, they can follow me on Instagram uh, at the Christian Blue or on Twitter. I think it's the same or Facebook 
Facebook is pretty much the same as I do on uh, Instagram. Uh, and if they are keen to see what I do in training, they can follow me on Strava. Perfect. What's your, uh, what's your, do, do you know your Strava name or I just type in your name pretty much, eh? Yeah, it's just Christian Bloomfield. Okay, perfect. And then, of course, obviously I they can... I, uh, I think I have two accounts so they can follow both. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> one older, uh, I forgot the password to the first one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so whichever one has the most active stuff, then follow that one. Ah, <laughs> uh, both. <laughs> perfect man awesome so again thanks so much for coming on the show dude and uh we'll be sure to connect again another time and in the meantime we'll uh be rooting for you in your race seasons yeah, yeah for sure thank you yeah no problem man take care bye well guys there you have it the iron man 7.3 world record holder christian blumenfeld has an amazing story and i hope you guys enjoyed listening to his tips and his advice and he's definitely going to be one of the big names in the coming year so definitely be sure to follow him i think it'll be a big name to watch out for so thanks so much for sharing all that christian I'm so glad we can have you on the show. Now, guys, if you want to hear more podcasts like these, then hit that subscribe button and you can follow me on Instagram at pacing.and.racing and you can find us on YouTube by searching Pacing and Racing. Now, one thing I want to mention to listeners, which I'm super pumped about, my good friend Triathlon Terran has released his newest website that is now live called Pro Triathlon Training. It's an online course to teach you specialized training, making you more proficient in the swimming, cycling, and running. Now, what's so great about this is the instructors of the course are some of the best pros in the sport triathlon. So in the sport discipline, there's Lucy Charles and Reese Barclay that are your teachers. You have Cameron Wirth teaching cycling. You have Sarah and Ben True teaching the running aspect. And they have strength training coaches like Timothy O'Donnell, Miranda Carfrey, and Aaron Carson. So overall, guys, it's an amazing course. I'm enrolled in myself and actually love the content. So if you use the discount code PTTLAUNCH20, you'll get 20% off and this code is available only for the limited time. Now, if you want to check that out, the website link can be found in my Instagram bio. And again, Instagram is at pacing.and.racing. Other than that, thanks so much guys. And lastly, if you did like this episode, please take two minutes, leave a kind review on the podcast channel as this helps us get heard by more listeners throughout the podcast platform algorithms. Thanks a lot guys. Talk to you next time.